Good evening, good evening, good evening, good peoples. What it do? What it do? What it do? We want to welcome what you up, to man? another amazing episode of the Fat Girl Chronicles. And y'all see what we got going on tonight. We still celebrating Black Music Month. We at the very last show of Black Music Month. And it's still going to be another dope show. Like, all month long, we have had amazing, amazing artists that I know personally. And I have been more than like excited and ecstatic to have these conversations with these people, learn some new things about them, learn, you know, their journey through music and all of that kind of amazing stuff. So tonight, we got one of my favorite dynamic duos. We got Jared and Joshua Thompson. Well, we got Joshua and Jared Thompson. I don't know who older. So either way, we got them here. And they are absolutely amazing, amazing, amazing at what they do. And so we're going to get into that shortly. But hi, guys. Hey, girl. Hey, how y'all feeling? You had it right the first time. What? I have will right. Don't you start. You got it right the first time. Phonetically, it's Jared. Hey, you go with you. Go I was talking about age. So Jared and Joshua. Negro. I was talking about age wise. Yeah, I'm talking about. I don't know who how older. You, how you speak about alphabetically? Miss school teacher. You over here talking about phonetically of with your phonics, with your language arts. Whatever. With your language arts. Okay, I That's see. Right. You. It's okay. It's okay. Um, but we gonna bring them on shortly. Hey, Didi. Hey, Jerry. Hey, y'all. How's everybody feeling? Make sure y'all hit the like, share, subscribe, heart it, and send us some stars if possible. Um, but we not gonna hold y'all no longer. We gonna bring them on here. We got we got none other than right here. Right, (laughs) he got no one. Other than my girl right here next to me, Miss Genesis, unique up in this thing. What do you do, boo? And then down here at the bottom, we got Pablo, Mr. A- Moore, a.k.a. is in the HBCU. I'm not finna run him down, but you can if you want to. You know what I'm saying? I know how you do. Go ahead, do your thing. Pinky's up. That's all. That's all. No, pinky's up. Okay. HBCU. Okay, you want to tonight. You going simple tonight, okay? I, I dig it. I ain't mad at you. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we got Joshua. Yum, 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 What's going and on? And we got Jerry. Yeah. Hey, people. My, my uh, horn is don't mind her generic air horn. <laughs> that's what that that's what that's supposed to be her generic air horn but we're not gonna do that we're not gonna do that. so we make we've been doing it for months and we just let her keep rocking and rolling like we're not gonna steal her joy but Please eventually we're gonna have to we're gonna Please have don't. to and get a real air horn going i think it is legit for real okay it's embarrassing. It's Black Music Month, and we ain't even got no real air horn sound. So that's what we have to deal with. Yeah. In the interim. Yeah. Next next week we'll have a real air horn. Don't, don't worry about it. 
something like that. When we come back next season, it's going to be a little different because we can't do that no more. We can't keep dealing with that. But hi, guys. Yeah, hi. Bad, What's going on? You guys, what is going on? What's going on? I'm so excited that y'all on here. <laughs> like, I am super excited. And we were talking before the show. We were talking about how people can tell the difference between y'all two if they saw you without your names on here, okay? They saw you without your name tags or the labels. I was trying to, I was saying that I was trying to figure out the difference between you two. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's usually the, the hair. Because before, you know, Joshua had the locks and you still had your fro. Now, Joshua did switch the switch the style up on us and well, see, I'm, I'm allowed to I'm allowed to do that it's, and, it's and my little mom, <laughs> I had locks before Josh did Ooh. Yep. I didn't know that so here's the thing Joshua will always I will do a different hairstyle something different and he's smart he's firstborn he's just like I'm gonna see if this looks stupid on him and then I'm gonna wait and see if I'm gonna do it or yep. not so that's yep. how that works Every time. And that, that, that went for the locks. We used to rock a box top for a long, long time back in the 80s. And, and uh, with, with the with the J carving in the back of the yeah, man. Okay. Okay, yeah. with the little carving. Because, <laughs> yes. So I was like first, but I'll let him look crazy first. That's that's how yeah. The I easiest mean, that's way to smart, tell. Though. That's kind of oh. smart though. Easiest way to tell if we don't have if we're not by our instruments. Easiest way to tell. I still have my earrings in. Joshua mm. does not. Okay. Um, yep. He's got a mole on the right side of his nose, and I have a mole on the left earlobe. That's it. That's a lot. Of and your hair is big. That's a lot of detail. And we. <laughs> And the other things you're like, we just don't look alike. I don't think we look that much alike at all. Yeah, I really do, though. We don't. Yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah. I hate to say it. I thought y'all was twins at first. I mean, that's just me. But now I, I got all these extra details to distinguish you by. Yeah. I probably won't remember past this episode, but I'm going to have to just Man. replay it just to get it. It's all good. <laughs> I know. What's what's my man thing? I don't think we look that much alike at all. What you doing? So, yes. yeah. When I when I got on, I was looking. That's the whole thing. That's the whole time I was doing. I was like, <laughs> trying to figure it out. Like, what's the, the like, what's the difference? Like now that I'm speaking, y'all hear y'all speaking. I can tell who's what's the difference. But mm -hmm. if y'all just walked up straight straight towards me, like who's who? Yeah, nah. I'm in trouble. Hey guys. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna happen. So so don't feel bad. Just be like, hey, what are the you know it's I'm like I'm like my man Jay, what's going yeah, on? That's, that's, that's all you gotta do. <laughs> Believe me, we have been called a lot worse before, yeah. so don't even worry about it. Okay. Listen, I always like when I look at them, I'll be like, I try to look at them from afar as I'm walking up to them, mm -hmm. so that I won't be like, "Hey, give me a little bit more time to distinguish the two. Yeah, give me a little more time to figure it out as I'm walking up to them to figure <laughs> out who is who. But now I just, re you know, like I said, it's the hair. The Jared's hair is bigger, so I can always remember that. And then, mm -hmm. like Joshua said, Jerry has earrings. Joshua doesn't, so I can remember that easily. Okay, okay. y'all good. It's all love. Yes. Yeah. Good. So just, why do you say y'all really don't look alike? Because we don't. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> 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 we 
I will say it because facts. Um, next. <laughs> no, okay. Listen. Like, uh, no, I'm looking at y'all. Y'all not identical. Y'all are not identical. We are. In the least bit. Technically, yeah. like, my life, yeah, we are. We're identical twins. But um, I was like, shit. Right. But, uh, <laughs> no, no. You get older, and sometimes in our lives, one of us is living life a little bit harder than the other one. And uh, it, so I don't know. Jared's a little bit taller, like ever so slightly taller than I am. But uh, okay. my face is thinner. I just, I just don't think we do. I just don't think we look on that much. It's, life. you know, baby pictures up until the age of three. Well, first of all, there weren't a lot of baby pictures. We have an older sister. And our parents were like, yeah, we didn't have time to pick a, a camera and take a picture. There's two of you guys running around and we have another one over here. Wasn't nobody taking pictures. But mm. up until about three years old, it's difficult for me to tell a difference in, in baby pictures. But after three, it's super easy. We, we're brothers and we're twins, but it's very easy to tell us apart. When I was writing my post today to promo this, that's all I was thinking about. Uh, <laughs> I was like, give him a high five. As you should have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well played. Go down the sinkhole. Well played. <laughs> well played. Hilarious. Um, well, I would just say that first and foremost, I absolutely love both of you guys. But love you back. Um, outside of like my love for you guys, I'll have an extreme admiration for the work that you all do musically. Like, absolutely, two of my favorites from indie. Like, if I could think of anybody. Like when people mention music to me about indie, you two are the first two because I actually have Jared's album, one of the albums, signed, sealed, and delivered to me. That was one of my favorite things um, during the pandemic mm -hmm. that I got that signed, sealed, and delivered to me, and it made my heart happy. And the way that you guys give back to the community. Like that's also why you guys like stick out to me when it comes to music and talking about people from indie that do music. Now, most of the time people will actually think about, you know, or the common factor that people will go to is the common music, hip hop, R&B, that kind of thing. And I'm like, uh-uh, because they're my favorites. Listen, <laughs> affirmations stays in wow. rotation, okay? <laughs> it's literally fun. one of my alarms, okay? It's, it's one of my alarms on my phone. So um, this is how much, like, you guys circulate through and all that kind of stuff. But can you all tell us a little bit how you all got into music? Yeah, I uh, started very, very early. Um, <clears throat> we have an older sister and, you know, admire her so much. And whenever she does something really well, you want to do it, too. And so I think all three of us started piano when we were about five. We used to watch old school cartoons on Saturday morning, like Woody Woodpecker and Mighty Mouse and Bugs Bunny and Tom and Jerry. Uh -huh. and all that and yeah, all that stuff was just really, really fun to listen to. And I was kind of clued into the music and it kind of started there. So about two or three. We just started taking lessons at five and we just really liked it and just kind of took to it. And literally from five years old up until present, it's been in a lifetime of lessons and auditions and competitions and gigs. And uh, it's 
it's a lifestyle. Some kids grow up being trained to be basketball players or mathematicians or, you know, what have you. And we started as uh, our parents say it's a life sentence. So we got uh, clinked up in music at age five. And so, yeah. Yeah. We were, I mean, we were learning to read music at the same time that we were learning to read words and books, you know? So we were, we were bilingual growing up. It was just a different form of a, of a different language. So it's just something that all three of us <clears throat> just had and with just what we were doing. And our parents encouraged and understood when their kids took a shining to something. And once we were in it and they were paying money, they were not letting us out. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's expensive, man. Like our parents probably spent a million dollars on all three of their kids just on music lessons and instruments and stuff, you know, they could have spent that on vacations. They could have spent that on anything, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's just the way that we came up and it's just something that's always just been intrinsically part of our bodies, you know? And I think that's the best part about growing up. Are your parents musicians too? No, our parents are, uh, they're retired now and grateful that they're still still around because they're amazing, amazing people. Uh, mm-hmm. But our dad was a, a machinist mm-hmm. for General Motors at um, Allison's Transmission, just out in uh, close to Speedway. And mom was a surgical technician at St. Vincent's Hospital up at 86. But this was back in the time where, you know, we we're early 80s kids. So this mm-hmm. is like the last era where, you can have two blue collar salaries mm-hmm. still support unions and you can actually you can buy a house, you can have multiple kids and all mm-hmm. that type of stuff. So we were growing up in that. Our father used to collect sports cars, like old school sports cars. And I remember mm-hmm. that vividly as a real little kid. And then I remember them disappearing. I'm like, what happened to the cars? He's like, I had kids. And I'm thinking, screw the kids. Like, keep the kids. Cars on top back. You ain't got to feed them as much. Like, what are you you're messing up, man? But that's just, you know, that's part of good parenting. You, mm-hmm. you, you make the investment and the sacrifice and things that are outside of yourself. So um, that's kind of a big part of what we do with our community service work mm-hmm. and, and just who we are. Uh, you have to invest in other people as well. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, the investment's not always transactional. You're not going to get a return the moment that you put into it you know this is it's watering it's 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 fertilizing absolutely and and we've always tried to have that in mind with everything that we do not only in our music but just living as a human being you know Mm -hmm. and you it's impossible to do that every single day every moment right but you just the awareness and mindfulness of that is just something that was instilled in us and music definitely uh brought discipline of that mindfulness you know so we were very fortunate growing up in that regard that is amazing yeah. okay listen okay it's like, don't make it seem like this is like a super special <laughs> this is beer number four okay let's, let's <laughs> oh, listen oh, we, didn't already said, we already had that conversation right. i'm mad that this we is did. just water I was <laughs> <just crazy. laughs> We already had that conversation. I am not mad at you. 
we already talked about uh yes. you know this this the time of the day where people be winding down like <laughs> that's why we have to bring so much energy we gotta bring so much energy sometimes this is just part of the wind down, though we're not changing up what we usually do this is just part of the the wind up so you see, me, mm-hmm. you see me duck off Mind your business. I'll be back. Derek is caring. Mind your business. Like, <laughs> the screen, okay? I'll be like, oh, dude, from the whiz. Slide. <laughs> oh, for real. Listen, slabby stuff. I, I but, really, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Genesis. Uh-uh, no, go ahead, I just really, like, whenever I talk to artists, I just want to know, like, what is one of your most amazing experiences as musicians? Like, what sticks out to you the most? Uh, from a performance or from a spectator position? Either. Or both. Honestly, I would love both. Yeah. Um, okay, for me, there's two moments. Like one happened early. I was a junior in high school and the late Dr. David Baker from Indianapolis, a legend, Indiana Avenue mm-hmm. trombonist at first, got in a bad car accident, and then played jazz cello. Mm-hmm. And it's literally the reason why the IU School of Music Jazz Studies program is internationally known. Mm-hmm. Um, he was one of our judges in high school, in the high school jazz band. And I had a feature for that. And he was just so complimentary and so nice and so embracing of a younger person embracing the music that he helped forage okay so that was at 15 Mm. 16 and then oh man (laughs) i think witnessing I don't know. There's certain concerts that just kind of pop out, like playing mm-hmm. at the at the Hilbert Circle Theater, um, recording a commercial recently. Oh. You know, little milestones okay. that that happen that no one knows that it's happening, but you know that that's happening. That most people don't get that opportunity to have. Yep. Short answer. Go ahead, Josh. <laughs> I, I mean, I would say. It it is hitting those milestones uh, mm-hmm. for me. It's, you know, the first time that you play at the Circle Theater. I uh, We all play multiple instruments. So we, I picked up trumpet at age 10. And mm-hmm. uh, so it's a classical trumpet player. And being able to, you know, I'm 14, 15, 16 years old playing uh, at the Hilbert Circle Theater, you know, and that's that's kind of cool. And then as a concert pianist, playing at the, uh, at the Palladium and then getting calls to literally go around the country and play in, in performance halls there and just other stuff. So there is no one. It's just that mm-hmm. wrapping up. You're like, okay, I'm on the right track and I'm still doing it. Because the reality is the way that we were raised, we were really good at a young age. Mm-hmm. But our parents just had uh, this the spirit of humility. And our dad would always say, you know, no matter how good you are, there's always someone or someone who are as good or better than you. So mm-hmm. just keep it pushing. Mm-hmm. And so it's great. So you, you hit that stage and you kill it. And then you step off of it. And the next day, you still have to go back to work you still have work. to at least maintain <laughs> that standard or or raise it and so some of those moments are a little bit of a i want to say an up and down but i personally really try to catch myself when i'm feeling really really high i'm like rein that in 
Like mm-hmm. we'll back for a hot minute, but like, let's make sure that ego fits in the doorway because yeah. someone's going to come around and whoop your ass. And so that's yeah. just how you have to <laughs> have to do it. And then as a spectator, I think, um, yeah, it's probably one of my most memorable ones. This had to be back in the, the mid nineties, Indie Jazz Fest. Uh, the headliners were Ray Charles and Aretha Franklin. Ooh. And I just remember being like, Bleh. and this was when this was, this was like healthy Aretha, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she comes in with this big old dress looking like a, you know, a parachute. <laughs> but it was just, you could see her all the way back. <laughs> Even at that age and at that time, just realizing like, I'm never going to see these two perform together again. And just yeah. really being struck by the fact that you're privileged enough to witness it, that they're mm-hmm. in Indianapolis. And it was, uh, man, it was incredible. But uh, that's dumb. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. First of all, <laughs> <She's> saying, <laughs> I see you, boo. This dress. <laughs> what color was it? Now I need more details about this dress. When I tell you, do you ever, uh, you all remember when they do the hot air balloon race by the fairgrounds? It yeah. was just, a, it was a dress. It was a colorful dress. It's a healthy Aretha. I love, love Aretha regardless. But one stripe was, it was yellow and blue and red all down. Oh, right? so she looked like an air balloon. How did balloon? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it was a huge stage and you could see her from all the way to the back to the front. And it was a Aretha. Like, I'm not not knocking it. She she was getting her money anyway. And she, Women. She, Women. Now, and it was Aretha. It was classic Aretha on the front of the stage and classic Aretha in the back of the stage because, no kidding, she had her money delivered in a paper bag because I know the person's father was ah! to her. <laughs> it yeah. was in a paper she bag. She said, don't play with me. Don't play all. with me. Run me my Run me coins. My coins. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you she had somebody counting. Somebody had to count after that, too. <laughs> Like, and nobody, that's the one. Well, she got done counting it. You already know how that right. Works. Take it out today. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to count it right in front of you. So if it's missing anything, I'm going to slap. <laughs> gonna pull something from under that dress. Listen, she was going to she was gonna was, be ruffling for a little while, but it she was, was going to pull show. something from under that. Epic show, epic dress. I mean, all things were, were 10 out of 10. So yeah. yeah, I actually, that same year, because Indie Jazz Fest used to invite the high school, um, like the top high school jazz bands, mm-hmm. and they played. And you got, you couldn't get in if you were under twenty one, right? But if you were playing in that high school band, then you could go. So at fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen years old, you could be watching professionals do what you have an interest in, right? I saw Cassandra Wilson. She shook my hand. She walked on stage in a blue dress, sequins dress with a beat smoking a beady and like can she just grab my hand and i was just like i love you <laughs> like, it was insane i saw nick was Payton that same year you know and this is and then it culminated with aretha franklin and ray Charles. it was it was insane it was yeah. nuts and you're 16 17 years old of course you're like yeah this is what i want to do mm-hmm. absolutely like what do you i don't want to do anything and else. then we start doing it and now we're like mm. This is bullshit. Ain't nobody taking my lessons. I want to really be doing this. Is... Wait. <laughs> it's like, hold on now. It's the faces. Someday. 
listen. Y'all are absolutely fucking hilarious. Okay. Jared's a crazy. I would like to say. Jared's like, I thoroughly fucking enjoy coming across y'all shit on Facebook <laughs> consistently. Like, anytime I see it, and especially when it got something to do with the community. Like, when it got something to do with the community and it be pissing y'all off, I be like, yes. <laughs> Let me go get some tea. Let me go get my cup. Because they know what's going on. I don't. And they finna give it to me the black way. Like, I don't want to go read it in the newspaper because the newspaper going to skip some shit. They're going to give it to me, pour the tea in my cup. It's going to be hot and squeeze a little lemon and honey in it. So mm -hmm. I don't have to do nothing. It's going to give me everything that I need. And yep. I love that because some of us don't actually see the shit until after the fact. Or yep. if it has something to do with artists or anything like that, I love that. If it's something that's booming or being talked about in indie, one of y'all gonna get a tea. <laughs> I love it. One of y'all gonna get a tea. One of y'all gonna talk about it. And then not only are y'all gonna talk about it, y'all gonna have something comical to add. Y'all gonna tell it in your own way. And that's the other part that I love about it. If y'all not friends with them, don't go add them because I'm not sharing. <laughs> Um, I'm just telling y'all what I get hey, to hey, with and what I get Ooh, to wait a minute now. <laughs> y'all y'all can't go, y'all can't go add them. <laughs> no, don't tell me. But, so I need new friends. Down. I said I need. <laughs> I need the tea too. Sure. You tell me all the time. I need new friends. Nah, I'ma just share it. I'ma just share it. See, you messed up because now I'ma go hunt them out. I'ma be like, don't. You can't tell us what to do. I can be friends with who I want to. Exactly. Nah. <laughs> Y'all can't go ahead. <laughs> I got to keep some people for myself. No, I'm just kidding. Y'all go ahead. They are hilarious. They, I absolutely love them on, especially, like I said, I met, I don't even know how long ago. Like, I've been in Indy for almost nine years. Okay. So, I think Hi. I met, yeah, I've been here for a minute. Uh, I think I met I'm Joshua so first, then I met Jerry. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you think I think I met did. Joshua first. You, <laughs> you think you did. No, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I met Joshua first, and then I met Jerry. Because yeah. um, I did a fashion show with Joshua, which was uh, what we call the show uh what 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 she what does Ramita call it oh man she calls oh, uh, it it was clothing classics i think is what it was clothing classics and she yeah. calls it the show that no nobody uh got the to win no yes yes the best show that no one got to see it was absolutely freaking amazing the clothing the music the dance yeah. the performances like everything about this show was amazing and it was like you know it was a small crowd and it was like damn like nobody got to see this like y'all didn't get to witness this that's fat because I, <laughs> I did I saw it. I was there. <laughs> and it was an amazing show it was clothed in classics and i thought that was a, a a dope way to combine classical music with fashion and art even the vendors that were there were really dope they had really dope art vendors and, and all that, that kind the... of stuff 
Awesome. Dude, that was uh, that was Randall Rosenthal when he. What was the, uh, oh, yeah. the space uh, that he had up on East Sixty Fifth Street? He's moved it since or expanded since, but yeah. that was and all feels terrible because this is where I recorded the first three albums. Yeah, um, humble creations. Humble, humble creations. creations. Yes, Studios. but that That's was all was. community networking. Ramita had works that she wanted to do. I had works that I thought would pair well, and we kept it within the black community and business. And it, yeah, I mean, I think that's how it's supposed to to work. Yep, uh, I did the styling. Fun. Tony did that's the dancing, and Tony used to be on here. Tony, mm -hmm. one of our co-hosts on here. So shout out to Tony. AKA baby guns. That's what we used to talk about here. Baby guns. She's flat one time. Like one time. <laughs> Listen, I'll be like, uh-uh. I got them other arms, nothing, not those. <laughs> I got them, I got big, I got the big arm, big cooking, big arm cooking arms. Them kind of arms mm -hmm. I got. I ain't got them. You got guns, I got <laughs> stir the pot arms. <laughs> I got to, you know, make you sure the macaroni beans. and cheese yep, good. That's, that's good. <laughs> make sure them greens good, kind of. Listen, and okay. those arms are are just as vital to the community as. Listen, they important. <laughs> they feed people. We need that. Yes, so. yes, sir. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> um, so Jerry, you just talked about where you recorded your um. Where you recorded your first, you said three albums? Yeah. First so tell three. us about that. Tell us what that looks like or like how that comes to fruition. Like I know you are have the band Premium Blends and all of that. So tell us about Premium Blend first, but then tell us how that, what that looks like for a jazz musician to record. Yeah, um, I can tell you all of its expenses. Um, <laughs> I'm absolutely sure. <laughs> but no, I mean it, it, it's 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 great. Um, you know, Randall Rosenthal was amazing. He had a spot, and that's what he wanted to do. He leans more towards uh, gospel music, but he just wanted to provide rehearsal space, recording space, in the way that he knew how at the time that he knew how. And uh, we were with him from the beginning of that journey, and he's expanded now. And literally as much as we've learned through recording processes and booking uh, recording studios, he's learned about creating uh, spaces to, to, to rehearse and, and to record, you know? So, um, but no, I mean, it's, we did three albums there. And then the last two that we did, one at the cabaret and then one at a uh, round table recording. It's just a journey. I mean, we, what I do, my process with Premium Blend is, you know, I book weekly gigs so that we can rehearse new music that I'm writing, that, you know, Stephen Jones, our keyboardist, is writing, that Ryan Taylor, our guitarist, is writing. And so we work out for a year for a weekly gig. It's a paid rehearsal because let's be <laughs> honest, rehearsal is valuable, but just to rehearse, just to rehearse as you get older, it's like, man, I got kids, I got a mortgage. I'm not coming out the house necessarily unless there's some money behind it. So you book a gig every week to hone your craft. That's paying, you know, 150 to $200 every week. That's mm -hmm. an incentive to leave the house and shed music and, and, and build a cohesive network. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you go into the studio 
a year, a year and a half later, and you put the record down that you've been playing for, <laughs> you know, a year. That, literally, that's the formula that's worked for me. That's Paid it. rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Ah, I love that. Idea. I love it. <laughs> you know, but you you pick venues that you think are going to be conducive to your music. Sometimes they work out. Sometimes they don't. You know, but you just need one to get together every single week. Like when people ask, oh, how often do you rehearse? I mean, we really don't. But you can find us every week here. The tunes evolve over a year. One tune that I've written is going to evolve and change because everyone's putting input into it. It develops its sound. It's a paid rehearsal. That's how you have to do stuff these days. You know, we always see hip hop artists kind of arguing about this and that or R&B artists arguing about this and that and jazz artists too. The incentive is not in the music. The incentive is to pay to be interested in the music. That's crazy. That's how that works. It's crazy. I like mm. how this man thinks. Yeah, <laughs> for real. I mean, because just think about that's part of the reason why a lot of artists don't really get far because they're always bitching or complaining. Oh, we gotta rehearse. Like I've heard it on like so many occasions where they like griping because they got to go rehearse but because most people don't do pay rehearsal but if you want to perform somewhere and you're getting paid and that's considered your rehearsal like yeah i'm coming outside i need that little kid that's gonna tab it's, me over to your payday <laughs> and it's i mean you know it's it's also it's also more than that it's just a you know these musicians whether whatever genre you're in they love that music they really do mm-hmm. but let's be honest as we become adults it takes a lot to get me get y'all out of the house it has to be worth something to you like you have to put value in every facet of this industry mm-hmm. to the other people to get them to buy into <laughs> their vision that share the same vision you have to give them a carrot they love the music that's not the question but like hey i got two kids and yada 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 i have a i have two jobs you have to give a reason to come out there so that they can also feel like they're able to express this music the way that they want to and it's worth not only their talent but it's worth their time time is money (laughs) you know so do you need somebody else because i play spoons (laughs) <laughs> Come on with the spoons. Uh, <laughs> he heard paid rehearsal. Was like, let me get my silverware. <laughs> we do the paid rehearsals. I got some spoons back here. I will tear it up. Get this man. I don't need a solo. I don't need a solo no nothing. Just let me in. Just let me. Bring That's it. Just let me work. Right. <laughs> I ain't mad. What kind of spoons is these? Because we ain't talking about sports. They better not be no sports. I mean that can make a double uh, sound. Like, that's a double you instrument. Right there. Too many questions about my instrument. Clank, clank. You got the my instrument. Obviously, I'm not good with sound effects. But uh, <laughs> you ain't asking about you ain't asking about the trumpet. You ain't asking about nothing else. But you want to talk about my spoon? <laughs> yeah, because I need to know what kind of spoons they are. I've heard them play. I never heard you play these goddamn spoons. Okay. okay let me ask. <laughs> oh, I got questions. <laughs> Let me ask: Are they teaspoons or tablespoons? Because that's a big difference. Right? Tablespoon. See, see, it's, it's different. You, need, you should have seen no, no, no. Make yourself. You it's need to so 
He is a band director. I got to answer to him, okay? I want to answer you, Leo. All right? I'm trying to get paid. Are sports? I just want to know, do you got sports? Come to the paper or two, you'll find out. I feel like you're going to pull a hustle man move and put a kazoo on a saxophone and try to blow, come, pick up the pieces. Come to the pay rehearsal. But, you will see. <laughs> <laughs> this man gonna be out there. He got it might, Jared, it don't might let be. him waste y'all goddamn time. <laughs> <laughs> Showing up with these goddamn plastic spoons. He gonna come in there with some serving spoons with a hole in it. It's not even gonna sound the same, George. Pablo. Hey, hey. hey. Pablo. It's the acoustics of the room, okay? You don't know. So I'm a professional at this, all right? Okay, I've been doing this. Sometimes what you, you need been doing? Lying? <laughs> you been lying this whole time? The whole I've been time. talking about I've been doing this. Whatever. The whole time. Doing my what? That's crazy. Yes, I'm talking about your spoons. So, guys. <laughs> Jerry, yes. I hate to ask this, but I'm going to ask anyway. What's your favorite album of the ones you've put out? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Can't answer that. First of all, Jared doesn't like anything that he puts out. So if it's a year what? removed after the album, he's like, "Oh, it's trash. We're that's that's so immature. I I, I don't like it." I'm like, "That's what? me. That's me." Right? I, which I get. I get. <laughs> You're not gonna get Jared to, because now. Nah. <laughs> so, so the question that. is, Leo, what's your favorite? My favorite one, um, it's between uh, The Road, which is what, your second or third album? Second. Second. The Road is just really solid, super solid, like tons of backbeats. If you like a little bit of New Jack City with a little bit of, um, I, I don't know, it's just good. It's a wonderful, that if you can like encapsulate modern. modern jazz for the 2010s. Mm. You know, right around there it works. And then the last one I like that he just did, um, um, Virtue. I just, I really like. Maybe because it's newer, um, but he's got a Prince cover on there that just every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, that's my shit. And, oh, and I love it. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Love me some Prince. That's what's up. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's it. <laughs> but Jared, so he's not going to give you one. No, I, honestly, no. if I were to give one, it probably would be The Road, the second album. Um, but I don't listen a whole lot to our projects after they come out because you've been listening to them for a year. Yeah, okay, yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense. You were already it. there. You didn't wore it in, you know. Yeah. So now you yeah. don't really want to hear it no more. I got you. I like every solo from any person at any point in that record, and I'm like, yeah, I need a break. I just, yeah, you know, but the road, I'd say probably the road, maybe. Okay. Then okay. 38th and postmodernism, just because the documentary attached to it is dope. Okay, come Somebody on. Hit y'all dough. Right. No, Somebody no. hit y'all dough. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, black people be knowing some sounds. Okay. Well, this is not the fire. <laughs> fire. That part, at least fire alone. Uh, the fire, oh, the uh, smoke detector, yeah. mm -hmm. the smoke detector. Like we ignore that. 
<laughs> we, I know I should make it become it becomes a part of the background. No, for yeah. real. So shiny. Um, mm-hmm. this is their new project, Virtue. My premium blend is their new project. Mm-hmm. I love this. The visual. For real. I'm, I can't go. I can't wait to listen. <laughs> this is gonna be my nighttime music. I'm gonna do some work after the show. I'm gonna play it. Love that. Um, but my favorite is Vices. Nice, right on. My favorite is Vices. Um, it's it's so many, and I think Vice, I think Vices is my favorite simply because of the time frame in which I listened to it, and it became something that was like my go-to for like, okay, let me let me wind down, let me lay down, let me chill out, and like I said, Affirmations is one that is consistent okay i mean fucking consistent <laughs> it's literally it was it, we are every year <laughs> yes no lie like it is one of the ones that if i'm driving somewhere or i need to like get my thoughts clear and in my like rotating in my head it's one of my top three that Good. i play Good. um the other one is boa by sam gindle and then um twins by christian what's his name i can't think of it off the top of my head but i know it when i when i look at it i'll be like yeah play that christian hold Scott. on i'm gonna tell you hold on caught you lacking caught you lacking <laughs> like let me pull up my spotify <laughs> <laughs> listen yeah, Christian Scott Atunde. Yeah, yeah he's, him. He's bad. Listen, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, I heard him on the photograph. What? Was it a, the photograph? Listen, that entire it was the photograph soundtrack. That entire soundtrack. Listen, I don't even really like the movie. I was in the theater like this music. Every song that came on, I was like, this song. I'm like. <laughs> I forget the movie. Robert Glasper is one of the uh like he curated the music for that movie. So it's a lot of like his touch on that. But that song right there, that's the one that I'm driving and I'm trying to get there and I gotta put the gas down. But I don't need no hip hop. I just need to get into the flow. That twins is what I play. But if I'm trying to get into my head and I'm just cruising, affirmations or boa by sam gindle then my three right there then my top three that it's like okay let that help me tap in so thank you thank you thank you because if y'all don't know go listen okay go tune in go and get your life together go on and tune in i I just followed them on title Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, where else can we find the music though like Uh, they on title Mm-hmm. They on yeah. Apple Music. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. YouTube. The title. They got a YouTube. <laughs> I'm checking YouTube. For Apple. Okay. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. You're I mean, I had Apple, Apple when I had an Android. So. Oh, <laughs> Either way. I need, I need some Droid. Google Music don't exist no more. So. I need some Droid. Um, Do me a favor. Oh, I can't help you. Some, some more code. I, I saw you gonna get out of a Droid. I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be right back. I have to do a station break and a refill. You feel oh. me? Okay, do your thing, baby. Because <laughs> um. oh, because I will. I will. <laughs> 
And let me put the Premium Blend YouTube channel in the comments. I'll make sure you check them out. And Joshua, why you here? Yeah, tell, why us about, tell us about this title. Tell us about this title. You're a classical pianist, pianist, and you're also a music sociologist. Tell us what that is, because us niggas don't know. The simple part would be, I guess, it's fancy word for being a giant music nerd. But uh, I would say my working like definition of it is it's using classical music, whether it be the histories and the biographies of these folks or the compositions themselves, as a way to interpret and analyze current, previous, you know, and historical social movements, uh, you know, global stories, migrations of people's artistic, you know, periods in time. I choose to use all of my repertoire is just exclusively of composers of African descent. So mm -hmm. uh, yes, African-Americans, but the entire diaspora. So West Africa, South Africa, uh, a lot of the French West Indies, you know, Central and South America, because that was a huge, you know, and so it's tracing that right on, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> And really into the the history behind it because the music I find like is it's like a musical blueprint and a soundtrack to the part of world history that they intentionally leave out, mm -hmm. not just in your history books but also on stage and in classical music and all that type of stuff. So that's just my it's my thing. I actually don't have a music degree. I went to college for uh, trumpet performance. And just the school of music wasn't for me. So I was there for a couple of years and I left. And so my degree is actually in sociology. So I've just combined what my academic credentials are with, you know, a lifelong passion and just skill and ability and mash them up together. Um, so just using music to tell a more comprehensive and accurate story of, you know, the world, us, that type of thing. And sometimes, you know, I, I'm not as a person, but every now and then I like to be a little bit bougie. And so I'm just like, that's my bougie shit. But usually it's just like, I'm a music nerd, man. That's what I do. So, uh, but I'm a music nerd for black folks. That's, that's where I'm at. <laughs> where I'm at. But, that's the part that counts. Yeah. There is the, there is the title. That's, 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 oh, I get that's, about. that's the, so, yeah. I love us because we be creative as hell. Created the term. I mean, that term doesn't really. You'll hear a lot of what they call ethnomusicology, <clears throat> which kind of pisses me off because that's always anything other than Europeans. And if you're looking at the world, the majority of composers are not European, right? There's more black and brown folks than. Mm -hmm. So every day we do something, it's always an ethnic thing. I'm like, it's it's music, but whatever. So I, I don't I don't really like that. I kind of like to dismantle that type of thing and be like, no, it's a sociological perspective of black music. Um, the ethnic is implied. That's like no shit. Of course, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> The social movements, the other stuff, that's what's really important. So that's why I'm really very intentional about it. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it's not something that's taught in your schools. That's from K through 12 and even undergrad and graduate. Mm -hmm. Very, very few places have courses for this where it's an actual um, discipline and degree. It might mm -hmm. be a music appreciation class, but it's like, 
And then they wonder, how come we can't get black musicians in orchestras? I'm like, because you don't, you know why. <laughs> it's like, come on, you know why. Girl. Right? <laughs> don't, don't do me. I'm not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that's that's really my big mission. That's my cause. Because growing up, <clears throat> I love the music. Classical music has always been my favorite. You know, we were growing up on you know Queen Latifah and Biggie and the Fugees mm -hmm. and all that. That's the era that we were coming from. But for me, classical music was always my absolute favorite. And never heard anybody who was black. Never saw anybody. You're in an orchestra with eighty to ninety kids, and there might be four of you. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was just kind of looking around. I was like, there's no way that Black people don't write classical music or have it or, and as an adult did my own research and I'm like, I was right. There is no way, because there's a bunch of us. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that's why I do what I do, man. That's that's kind of my thing. That's, that's, that's definitely my thing. That's classical became my favorite when I was a preschool teacher. Why? Hell yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> listen, <laughs> I mean, in the morning, but we also used to play it in the morning to keep keep the calm in the room. But then, you know, at nap time, it helped with everything. But in the midst of that, it became my favorite because like, I didn't recognize how much, you know, classical music was like real different and mm -hmm. like the tone and all of that kind of stuff. And I, I never paid attention to it. I never paid attention to classical music in that way until I became a preschool teacher. First of all, cause I knew like music tames the savage beast and kids be beastie <laughs> in the morning and in the afternoon after they didn't have snack, all that kind of stuff. So the music <laughs> actually maintained you know, the room and maintain the calm. And so I would listen to it and be like, oh, shit, this maintaining my calm too. Like, <laughs> it's it's maintaining my calm, it's helping me to get some work done. Yeah. And so, yeah, just listening to it over a period of time, like I didn't know it was a whole bunch of black classical musicians mm. until Joshua. Yeah. I didn't know that until Joshua. And um, some of the conversations we've had talking about the different classical I was like wait black people well, <laughs> yeah okay we everywhere everywhere yeah, and that's like, it's not necessarily to make people for it to be their absolute favorite but you know growing up we would get a lot of that oh you're learning classical music you're trying to be white you're trying to you know and that's that's not necessarily the case like our own people in our own culture are really unaware sometimes of what is actually the rule and not the exception. Um, yeah. I happen to be probably the only one here in the city who exclusively programs, but being a black person who can play classical music, that's not exceptional by itself. Like there's a lot of people who do that, who do it as well and way better than I do. Um, but you know, it's an industry that brings in about $2.1 billion a year and black composers and musicians make up less than two and a half percent of that industry. So not only is the the gap in representation huge, that also means the like audition processes we go through, they're like blind auditions, sometimes they're not. The repertoire that you're auditioning on, it's not written by black folks. And so how can you expect to change the landscape of a genre when you're literally not putting it in the source material that you you need to learn to to become a professional, mm -hmm. right? So there are, there are people all around the world, in the United States, who I've gotten to learn and and learn from and work with, and and we we talk to where 
it's not my job to solve the problem by myself. My job is to be one of the many and you wake up every day and you do what you can as long as you're able to do it and you bring as many people along with you as you possibly can. Um, I'd love to see an orchestra filled with us. They, uh, well, there, there is one, it's called the, the Gateways, uh, Gateway Symphony. I think it was in 2021, they were the first all black uh, orchestra to play at Carnegie Hall and they yeah. are they are true. Gateway Symphony. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's another group. It's a, a quintet that I really love. The person who leads it, her name is uh, Dr. Valerie Coleman. She's an amazing composer and flautist. And they're called the Amani Winds. And it is a all black quintet that does black classical music, just all classical music. They're fantastic. So it's not hard to find the flies in the buttermilk and classical. We all kind of know each other and know not each the other. flies in the buttermilk. Yeah, it, it creates this really awesome um and accessible like international network of black classical musicians they're they're out there they're regular people they're super nice they're mm -hmm. incredibly accomplished and they're looking to do the same thing so it's kind of nice sometimes to have our own network mm -hmm. because we work a little bit differently than other folks and, and i think that's totally fine so uh, awesome. yeah yeah so they out there they, they out there uh, so you said 1.2 billion 2.1 oh 2.1 Right, so it's even worse. Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of money. It makes a lot of money, and um, you know, we're we're definitely missing out on on a huge economic center. And it's not doing classical music any favors. Most people think it's boring as I'll get out, but there's some stuff, especially from my repertoire. I love working with people in different genres, whether it's in punk or in funk or in hip hop, because. You don't have to play the entire concerto, but I'm like, yo, these 16 bars, loot this and throw mm -hmm. your stuff over. Like it just, you're pulling from something old to make it new again. And then you're you're adding some type of legacy of musical history mm -hmm. to what you all are creating now. So it, it should be a really yeah. easy, you know, conversation and relationship between the two. So that's so dope. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, uh, Go ahead, when go ahead. When I'm at work and I get real bored, um, like because I, I just sit in the classroom all day, I literally put on it's it's called a uh, uh, classic trap. She'll take like pop smoke and they'll throw like Beethoven on it, and yep. literally for like a half an hour, forty five minutes, I just lose myself in it. Like, yeah, I was like you know, this city has its I own. Do that that would that would like pique my, my interest. Yeah, this city has its own has a trap okay. orchestra. Uh, there's a lady she works with. A, she's a conductor of the Metropolitan Youth Orchestra, which is like the youth orchestra for the Indianapolis Symphony Orchestra. Her name is Crystal Ford, incredible composer, arranger, violist, and she started a trap orchestra. I think they played a garden party, um, if not this year, the past year. But folks are doing that. You just have to know where your little pockets are, you know, here and there, because by and large. Yeah we're not supported like the broader white communities in the arts. We're not. Right. And just understand that like, even if you okay. don't, like with classical music or opera, if it's something that you couldn't sit through two hours of, it's like, no one's asking you to do that. Mm -hmm. Listen to two minutes of it. And if you're an artist, 
that's a, a hip hop artist. Listen to two minutes and chop those two minutes up in as many different variations as you, as you can. That's a hit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. everyone wants strings on a track, you know, because it yeah. sounds good. That's all you have to do. Do some research and do the sample. That's it. Yeah. And classical music is 300, 400 years old. So, like, it's. I don't have to choose for her, like, a lot, a whole lot. Yeah, Genesis been twerking to uh Cash Money Millionaires. That's the that's violins. Mm-hmm. When the violin come on, I twerk for everything. My selection, sir. Come on, though. What happened to you? I go sit down. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so only twerk for so long, okay? <laughs> I got a cramp, okay? Exactly. <laughs> like, I have to spread it out. I got to do it in moderation. You understand? Until uh-huh. the violence. Until my business, first of all, Pablo. Okay? <laughs> Shoot. Gang, gang. We can't gang. Gang. Okay. What do you like? What do you guys listen for in music that grabs you? Like, what is it about music? Like, Dumb question. What is it about music grabs you? Music grabs everybody. But like your aesthetic, you guys' individual aesthetics, what is it that you're listening for, looking for, or would be open to, to accentuate what you already gravitate towards? Hmm. That's a good question. See, I gravitate to Neo Soul. And I feel like Neo Soul really speaks to me because of the familiarity of it all and me the relatability of it all as well. But I really love jazz as well. I think jazz is such a slept on genre because it's one of the sexiest genres ever. Like I will sit and listen to jazz and can literally hear, depending on the song, hear the lovemaking, hear the intimacy within the chorus and just the music. So I, I don't know. Some things just relax me and put me in a focused, creative stage. And that's how Neil Soul is. Like, Jill Scott is my ultimate favorite artist. And whenever I see her perform, I get, I feel like my creative juice is just flowing. And now I'm ready to go write or some spoken words. Go ahead. You, know, you say what? I said her other juices, but go ahead. No, not Jill. <laughs> Uh, I'm waiting. You right. You right. Whatever. (laughs) But I mean, because I forgot who I was talking about. This the microphone. That's what I'm like. Not Jill. I'm like, girl, bye. You right. You right. No, but she. she Listen to Jill. I'll be 17 percent. Okay, I'll be like Jill, girl. Jill. Okay, girl. Girl. (laughs) Jill. No, what yeah, about you, man? Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I, I love pianos. I love when, like, when hip hop use pianos in it. That mm. for some reason it just, it just does something. It just, it just brings me into it more. And I have a thing for trumpets, like a triumphant, like King returning home trumpet in a song. Like, I think one of my favorite songs is Hefe uh, by, by Ti. Really. And it comes on just like trumpets, like like you're, you're like at a bullfight, and then trumpets come on, like so. And of course, drums. I love drums, and bass, and, you know, drums. all that I'm good stuff. So you know. yeah. 
was yeah, a good, a good drum. Like my son plays the drums, so I was like, "Yeah, you my kid." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have stuck with the drums. I I remember doing a concert when I was in elementary school, and I was supposed to be doing the drum roll. I was back there faking the hell out of the damn drum roll. I couldn't do a drum roll to save my life. I'm back there like. Like, yeah. You was back there like, Brunch. girl. I wasn't even hitting the damn drum. I was just moving my my hands like I need to go home right now. Jesus, <laughs> don't call on me, please. Uh, yeah. Uh, Let me yeah, find I out. <laughs> yeah, I didn't up. play any instrument. I did the normal school stuff. Like they gave us the, the, the recorder to play with, and yeah. they had me on the xylophone. That's it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like uh, after the xylophone, yeah, I, I, I walked away from. <laughs> I wish I learned something funny thing. though. Funny thing about the recorder that literally is like ninety percent of the fingering for a saxophone. Shut up! Wow. Okay. I can play. I no, I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> she just said no. I can't. I got Yeah. I got this redo upstairs, but I can't play it. <laughs> it's, just, it's just nice to look at. I mean, do you guys gravitate more towards like uh, music with lyrics or music that's just instrumental, like traditional jazz music, like classical music? Because I, Josh and I find we talk about this often, mm-hmm. is that instrumental music only holds people's attention for so long because there's only so much that they can grab onto you right so like do you guys have to have lyrics with words the majority of the music you listen to or are you comfortable doing more instrumental music more than lyrical music or music with lyrics i i like instrumental more now that i'm older um when i was younger you know like that that was me like you know learning all the words you know reading the books and inside the tapes but yeah now that that just you just told your age but i digress i can tell nobody's age inside the tape (laughs) so many people watching probably like a tape right yeah i bought i bought um wu-tang's first album on a cassette so yeah so but yeah but nowadays, yeah, I'd rather do instrumentals. Um, even when I like make content, like I put instrumentals on. I don't even put the words anymore. Yeah. Like, they don't they don't try hard anymore with the words. So I just do the instrumentals. Yeah. The words take away from the yeah the whole craft of the song. After, but I mean, but for you, like you like Jill Scott, right? And we all grew up on Jill Scott. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It depends on my mood, actually. Like what I'm doing. Like a lot of times, if I need to concentrate, yeah, work, and study, I need instrumental because mm-hmm. most of the time I probably get lost in Jill Sky or any words and be sitting there singing whole five hours that went by and I only did like one project. And mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's why I, I, I can't turn on floetry. If I turn on floetry, you might as well leave me alone. I, I, you I'm, hear me? I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even clean the like. <laughs> Songs, cause I be sitting here having a whole concert. You can't tell me, <laughs> can't tell me nothing. But yeah, like he said, it depends on. It, well, it depends on my mood. But as I've gotten older, I can stand instrumental way more, and it it just hits a bit different when you're older than when you're younger. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think for me, 
I don't have to have lyrics simply because, like, I make up my own music in my head regularly and consistently. So instrumentals just add to my randomness and my ability to come up with bullshit or just random songs on a consistent basis. So, um, and like my favorite interest uh, instrument, um, is actually the piano because I could play a little bit. A little bit. Um, I didn't get the full course. You know what I'm saying? I had got the beginner. <laughs> so I could play the beginners and I could play the organ a little bit. Because uh, I used to be in church and we used to go up in there when we weren't supposed to be in the sanctuary playing around on the organ. So I know how to play that a little bit too. But I think for me, just overall, like listening to music now, um, Instrumentals help me to focus. And I think like the lyrics, it just depends on who the artist is, but doing everyday stuff, like even cleaning up, I don't listen to um I don't listen to music with a lot of lyrics unless it's like old school. Like anything new I can't listen to trying to focus mm-hmm. on stuff. I feel like it it just had me somewhere totally different and the whole <laughs> idea of what i was supposed to be doing does not happen at the red light uh, freaking on the headlight yeah. <laughs> Bro, listen, I be like, like first of all i don't even listen to that now that's something i ain't listen to we already know what i listen to you know i listen to old school gangster shit <laughs> old hand-to-hand uh, transaction situation listen, like spool on robbery type stuff you know that's what i listen to when i'm like in that mode but outside of that, like I listen to old school music, or it has to be neo soul, R and B, jazz. Like I have to stay in a certain vein of music in order to like do stuff. Like, or I'm listening to my gangster rap. That's help. That's helping me get down the highway. That's that's the only time I'm really listening to that, unless I'm trying to get in that zone where I gotta hype myself up to do something else. But other than that, my music is pretty mellow. Like it's very mellow. My sister's the trap queen, not me. So any any music they got, I'll be like, uh-uh, I'm an auntie. I'm almost <laughs> auntie age, baby. I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> Last question I'm gonna ask for a little while. Like, so I love this. We're being interviewed. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Keep it going. <laughs> so, like, you found, you know, like you. You know about us, or, or others are like coming to, to know about us. So, what is it that artists like me and Joshua? What is it that we do that that we should do to ingratiate ourselves to your ears? Not just talking. You know what I mean? Like, if we you never knew any of us, what is it that you're looking for in music that maybe we do or maybe we don't? That maybe we could improve on, or maybe that we could give you more of what we do what is it that you're looking for in an artist that you may know a little bit about or nothing about but you've gravitated to it so what is it that we do that you would pump us up you know i think for me um what i do love like when i have listened to the both of you like listening to premium blend you guys use such a variety of the way you put the instruments together. Like it's not, you know, sometimes some people use the same cadence or, you know, they use the same way that they put the music together. 
Like I listen to soap. I listen to soap. Um, some of all parts. I listen to that, and I actually put one of the songs on our um, Instagram because it caught my ear. It was just random. I didn't even go looking for the song. Like it literally was like. It literally called out to me and I was like, oh, okay. Okay, then. So I listened to it and it was different. And it actually reminded me of when they used to play music on the cartoons. Um, damn. What was the cartoon? Because they, you know, back in the day on like the Tom and Jerry or even like Woody Woodpecker, mm-hmm. like you were talking about earlier, they used to have the music in the background. And it kind of reminded me of the lullaby type of mm-hmm. um, songs. And I was like, ooh, I like this. It is, what's this song? Now I'm I'm, I'm butchered the shit out of this, okay? Mm-hmm. I already okay. Raison Detcher. Raison Yes, Raison yeah. Detcher, yes. <laughs> I see. I, I took a little French. I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna say that right, but yes, that song. Um, I was like, oh, it took me down memory lane, and I don't know why. I still don't know why, but it had me in a memorable place. So I think if artists think about the things that made them happy to become artists, or the things that made them happy as kids, and put that nostalgia into their music, like. For me, I'm gonna just say for me, triggering those things that made us happy when we were free and we had no care in the world, I would listen to that shit all the time simply because <laughs> of the place that it takes me to mentally. Um, a lot of adults are afraid to escape, you know, mm-hmm. and they escape through other ways through drugs, alcohol, all that other kind of stuff. Let me escape through music and I ain't fucking up my body. So, I would love music that would take me to those places or even the little, you know, the little Tom and Jerry music in the background, but you then added your own little spin to it and that kind of thing. I love nostalgia. I love being able to go down memory lane. Like today I went down memory lane because somebody gave me a word that's original out of their purse. And I was like, oh my fucking God. Like, was it I was like, that might be a five-year-old piece of candy. You might want to leave that alone. I don't fucking care. I ate it, and it was amazing, and it took me down memory lane because that was my mama's favorite candy, and we used to always steal them out of her purse. So today, it was just like, you know, those things that take me to good memories and make me smile and make me remember certain parts of my life when I was younger, those are the kind of things I would love to hear in music. What about you guys? Like for an artist that I don't know how much you guys know our body of work or whatever, what is it about that would intrigue you guys to be like, all right, let, let me hear what these guys do or people like them do? Hey, Bebop. I'll be honest. I'm not familiar. However, the whole concept of you guys integrating the community within your teachings, within like all of that, that intrigues me to want to look you up. And because I'm big on community, but outside of that, I like the twist that we were just talking about, like how they do the hip hopers or how they'll add something new with something old. Like those are the things that I gravitate to 
in a sense, but I just like jazz, so shit, I'll check you out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and now I, that I, I know that to say, listen, that's it. You're you're somebody tell me, listen, I'm there. So. Right, <laughs> like for real. Like, and then the fact that you're trying to educate people regarding classical, classical um, musicians within our culture. That's amazing to me because it's something that I really don't know anything about. Like you just put me onto a whole orchestra and that's something that I am interested in. I want to see more representation of us and we lack knowledge on a lot of things. And even when we were talking about earlier about the researching and tweaking one thing to grab a, grab something else, we don't want to do that research. Mm-hmm. We barely want to pick up a book sometimes. So it's just the it's the whole knowledge of it and knowing that we are out there and we are representative properly yep. is awesome to me. And thank y'all for your contribution to that part, honestly. I have to give a lot of, I, I really do feel Obligated, it's not, but I, I felt such a strong responsibility and accountability to the uh, to our Indianapolis Black community because I didn't really start doing the the performance part stuff again probably maybe about seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm like, oh, people aren't going to like this because it's classical music and nobody likes it. And then you know, you go to your first get your first one done, and the reaction was so was so nice. That's who really was going to my shows. That's the mm-hmm. reason why I was able to have a body of work and really kind of be in the the crosshairs, I guess, of mm-hmm. the city and just the region and the nation was, it was our people who were coming out to see stuff. And, it's you know, yeah, to see the, the look of pride on people's faces, mm-hmm. even just that kind of aha moment of like, oh, I didn't know that. Absolutely. People might not give a shit. They don't have to. Right. But for that split minute, you know, and that's it. If that's all that people really kind of do to scratch that spirit of inquiry, that's all that's required. Honestly, that's it. But it was and continues to be the black community here in Annapolis who's been the, for me, the most meaningful mm-hmm. supporters. Uh, and that support is not always large sums of money, but it's just that respect, that understanding and just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just the encouragement because this is it's not an easy thing to do it really isn't you have a lot of highs you have a lot of lows and there's Mm -hmm. what you allow people to see and then there's what happens when you go home and you are your whole person with your own interpersonal whatever else and you have to figure this stuff out so um yeah Mm -hmm. that that sounds like pot and don't it leo (laughs) <laughs> uh, for real okay that's why i'm like right <laughs> right right i'm gonna cut the camera off real quick because like <laughs> you do i mean and that's the part about being a creative and being an artist you know like people do not really understand the behind the scenes work the whole um imposter syndrome uh lurking consistently and often and all of the other pieces that you have to figure out before you are able to put this beautiful thing out here to the world and then even when you put it out there you still like oh fuck you know because you're still you're still judging yourself and everybody like oh this so dope this amazing and you like not really (laughs) (laughs) really. 
because uh, yep. I could have did better. I could have did more. I could have, you know, and there's the whole rhetoric that's happening in your head. So I definitely feel that. Yeah. I feel that to the fullest. Yep. So I was getting ready to say something. I lost my thought. <laughs> I hate when that happens. I hate when that happens. Um, any of you guys had any questions for them? I know that Josh, uh, Jared was asking questions. Yeah, Jared's putting you to work on your own. Right. Sure. Listen, I love it. Because <laughs> I'm like, well, yes. Come on and ask us some questions. But I, feel, I love that. I love that he's inquisitive in order to become a better artist, to become better and actually make the footprint, you know, fit the community. I love it's that. It's funny. It's, it's one of my favorite quotes. And it's probably at this point a paraphrase from Cannabar Adderley, like genius. Uh, alto saxophone player. He was on the Kind of Blue album, Miles Davis's Kind of Blue album, but he also had an album with Nancy Wilson and Ella Fitzgerald. I mean, he's brilliant. And he would always say that you play 20%, you pay 80% of what the audience wants to hear, and you mm. play 20% of what the audience needs to hear. Mm. So if an audience is not checking in with you know, if an artist isn't checking in what the audience needs to hear, then how are we, how are we going to meet that 20%? Yeah. yeah. That's true. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. That's good stuff. Look at y'all. I love y'all. I probably <laughs> y'all Like, I'm going to say that so much because all during Black Music Month, like I've literally every person that we've had on here, I've handpicked for various reasons, you know, um, but I also wanted it to be a variety. I did not want Black Music Month to be all hip hop or rappers or lyricists and all mm -hmm. that other kind of stuff, because I'm like, yeah, they're there and they are plentiful. But I also want our audience to be able to witness so many other aspects of what Black music looks like. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I definitely got to have him on there because <laughs> of because of what you guys do, because of how you uh, present yourselves just as black men, but then how you present yourself as artists and musicians and things like that. Like that has always stood out to me that continues to stand out to me and the way that you love on your people and the way that you allow people to love on you guys back definitely was like oh yeah i gotta have him on here and i gotta have it like so i went through people and i literally like planned it out specifically for the way that i wanted the black music month appreciation to go and it's just literally people that i've admired i've admired for a period of time and so that's why you guys are here. like i was so grateful that you guys said yes like i was over here fangirling uh, wait a minute. So thank you, but Jared and I will be the first ones to tell you anyone else. I'm like, girl, we still ain't shit. So I'm saying I was fangirling simply because everybody else gets to see or gets to witness your greatness because I've witnessed it on several occasions. And I'm just like, yeah, I need other people to know about the dope shit that y'all do because thank you. Y'all are dope. Y'all are amazing. And I do have a question. not enough people talk about not enough people talk about black people like in this aspect. Classical music, like, like you said, my fuckers be like, are you trying to be white? Right. Um, nigga, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Kind of what it is. Yeah. I do have a question. Crazy. 
Uh, okay, so like you know how producers and engineers usually have a signature sound. Do you guys feel like you have a signature sound that if you're playing, people know that that's Jared, that's Joshua's music? Um, <laughs> well, I would say, because I don't, <clears throat> I do little arrangements for some okay. stuff, but I, I'm not a composer, right? Okay. Um, whereas Jared, Jared is, I would say for me, my signature is just what I do. It's oh. all black stuff. Right. So that is very much and being very consistent with that. I think consistency at a certain level and standard kind of wins the game every single time. Mm -hmm. I say for me, yeah. yeah <laughs> with the composers that I do play, there are some that I really gravitate towards a little bit more. Or once I start playing some things, I can pretty much run through their entire repertoire because they have signatures. Like there's mm -hmm. one composer, Florence Price, you know, she's got a Symphony in E minor, she has her sonata in E minor. She loves the key of E minor. She just loves it. So, and you can pick up on their patterns and their winks and nods. She likes to throw a lot of, she mashes up like classical with hymns with a little bit of folk and blues. She does it in almost everything. So I can listen to something and be like, okay, that's this composer here. So I like to replay people's okay. signature tunes, because that helps me explain to them, this is how you know you're listening to this person here. But for Jared, mm -hmm. it's probably a little bit different. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, it's, mm, I have my style of writing as a composer in the jazz tradition. I mean, I grew up from 10 years old listening to Coltrane, Miles Davis, Sonny Rollins, Sonny Stitt, Dexter Gordon. You know, I'm, I'm in that 19, when bebop was coming around and then it went to hard bop, you know. So we're looking at 1939, 40 to 65. Mm -hmm. And then jazz changes very dramatically after the assassination of Dr. King. Mm. Leading into the 70s, we get into fusion, which is what Prince was listening to, which is what, you know, I'm always going to be that traditional jazz person. That's what I grew up on. That's the sound that I loved. Those were the people that I loved. But I'm also a person that was born in 1982, <laughs> you know, in the infancy of hip hop, R&B is taking black is taking hold of the airwaves with confidence, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have to meld that. So with premium blend, do I think there's a signature sound in any for that? Everyone always knows. Yep, that's a premium blend tune. Okay. That's Jared playing, you know, just like my mentor Rob Dixon. I can hear one note on a record or one note walking into a club and I'm like, Rob's playing tonight. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's just yeah. certain folks you just know their accent. Everybody knows what you all sound like on the mm -hmm. phone, right? Or if someone were to shout your name from the street, you'd know that that mm -hmm. sound, that name. And that's just kind of how, how it is. So that's a roundabout way of being like, bitch, I don't know. Good <laughs> answer. <laughs> <laughs> But if you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So I did. I did have some pictures. 
getting ready to learn to do, I go on what's called like listening tours. Mm -hmm. So there'll be one piece of music and I will find as many different recordings of it with as many mm -hmm. different arrangements as possible. So if it's solo piano, I want to hear the piano and flute. I want to hear the full orchestra, chamber orchestra. So I'll listen to a piece easily about 20, 30 times before I even open the music to look at it. And then I will go and play because you have to know where the melody is going. Okay. And you just take your time and it's sometimes you first start out, it's your practice session is six hours a day and you will maybe cover eight measures. You just kind of put it back together until eventually you were able to just bang it out and you hear those nuances. So I'm like, okay, on the solo part, but I want to play this piano as if I had a full orchestra behind mm -hmm. me. So how do I pull that out? So that's why I'm trying to listen to as many different interpretations and textures and layers as possible. So that's in my head and I can translate to my touch uh, on my fingers. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. And like, might be on the spectrum type stuff, artists, when we do. So what? <laughs> I feel like if you're not a little weird or a little crazy, I can't trust you. No, no way, for so. real. Like, like, you gotta be a little. That's like, I don't trust yeah. tattoo artists that don't smoke. Like, if you don't smoke before this session, well, you cannot touch me with that. <laughs> like, seriously. Some of the best tattoo artists are smokers. I'm like, mm -hmm. you be as creative as possible. Don't even ask me. I told you the concept. You go work your magic. Like, yeah. okay, in the clouds. And yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So I did find Walk Away. So I'm going to give y'all a taste of it since y'all have not heard it. Give y'all a taste of Walk Away. Yes. Where my shoe at? Probably. I don't know. I hope so. But if you don't, I'm not going to be offended. That is hilarious. You stupid. Wait, there we go. like 70s game show music and I was Listen. like really proud of that. <laughs> Listen. 
So I'm sitting here listening to it. I'm like, I could see, you know, the, the scene with the guy with the big heels, the pimp. With the platform big shoes. Yeah. Yes, in the platform shoes with the yeah. fish. That's all that's I saw. Yeah. We got the taco meat out and everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that. all I saw. I'm like, hey, hey brother, give me some on the black side. Yeah. Yeah, he walking away. He just blew up some shit and it's a big cloud of fire yeah. up, like behind him. <laughs> like, he just said, he just like, said, like, yeah, I did it. I did it, and right. He just saved the bitch because you know that's what they was gonna say back then. Bitch, I just saved you. You know, like, <laughs> like that kind of thing. That was. So it, it gives me like, like the score for like a, a Spike Lee movie, like the older Spike Lee movies. Yeah. Yeah, I love that's that. Terrence Blanchard, another jazz musician. Terrence yeah, Blanchard. Oh, I love, yeah, yeah. I love that right there. That's that's exactly where it took me at. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's a fun, fun box. You see it's them fun. floating, the float walk. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If I ever make a movie, yeah, I'm, the float walk. I'm, I'm gonna gonna call you. I need some of that. <laughs> that's gonna that that probably would have been on. She's got to have it. The original one, mm-hmm. not the old one. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. Why they smoke it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I got to be honest, it's it's whatever. But anytime someone's like, "Man, I I be rolling up to your music," I'm like, "Thank you." <laughs> For real. That's yeah. Because it's a vibe, and you're trying to it get really to the room, you're trying to get to a place. And if I'm able to help that by any whatever you do with that on there, like man, like cool, thanks. Like that's that's a whole thing. I mean, I might or might not be myself right now. So. <laughs> Yo, it gets you through some times. You hear me? It, it definitely will. Okay, that's I miss those cool. days. Oh, <laughs> Shed a tear. <sighs> the shit I used to create under the influence. <laughs> you see, I'm not creating right now, though. I'm like, mm, no, I'm chilling. Right. Listen. Lights coming out. Everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so, but, uh, so, guys, um, I think, I mean, do you guys have any last questions? I know y'all probably got one last question. Or do y'all guys got a question for us? I just want to know, are y'all working on anything new? Uh, I'm not. I just put out something new. <laughs> yeah, they just put out something. They just put out something. <laughs> I'm realizing Joshua is, okay. Joshua's got the calendar, you know. Yeah. Got a couple projects coming up. I've got a... Uh, Podcast of my own that I do with. I was just about to say something. Yeah. Like, a little bit. I was like, never mind. Like, we need yeah. a podcast about this. Yeah. That'd be dope. So um, I work with, uh, she's international opera superstar, uh, Angela Brown. Mm. She's from Indianapolis and just amazing. She has been, you know, she was Aida at the Metropolitan Opera. She sung with the Sydney Opera House. I mean, she is literally indies like living legend she's been on every major stage but we have a podcast called melanated moments in classical music and it is all about you know black composers and musicians so we start uh started research already but we start season seven uh production starts in august and so that should come out like towards the end of september mm-hmm. and i get to do opera in the park with the annapolis opera company and uh 
beginning of September. And I'm in residency with the Annapolis Chamber Orchestra. So their 40th season is uh, next year or this coming year. And so I think it's April 24th. It's an original production of mine that takes compositions from composers of African descent working with Kenyette Dance Orchestra or Dance Company and vocalist Ashley Baskin and Jared is on it and it's called Black Key. So it traces the origin of the black aesthetic in classical music through dance. And so that is next spring and there's a lot of moving parts and there's the production part where you have to source the money and then you have to rehearsals and you're rehearsing with a, you know, 50, 60 piece orchestra and all that. So that's, uh, some of the major projects leading up until then. And then in between that, when I'm not robbing niggas, you know, I perform so I can pay my rent. So. Why are y'all? <laughs> <laughs> and for the record, <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. for the record, I'm uh, niggas. Okay. <laughs> no, for real. For real. That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> Yeah. No, and then um, I'm, I got a gig tomorrow. You pull up with the with the uh, with the grocery uh, basket, like. For real. Yeah. And then I'm playing a, a quick free concert tomorrow at Eskenazi Health at the main campus from noon to one. It's with their Mayor and Tobias Music Program. They're celebrating Black Music Month as well. So um, I encourage I encourage you all to, if there's any point of reference for Joshua's work. It literally was his first kick in the ass out the gate. The first thing that he had for this music sociology and black uh, composers. The first thing out the gate was a te his TED talk. That was the first gig he got not playing. What? Was a TED talk, Josh? Was TED talk is on YouTube? Yes, uh, sir. It was Vey Savage that was on. That was the dancer, correct? Yep. Joshua's job. first big step out the gate was the TED Talk. So look up jo Josh. Do you remember what the title of it's called? But it's it's fascinating. He just has a wonderful way of ingratiating an audience to something that they didn't think that they wanted or they thought they knew what it was, and he mm. totally flips it on its ear. It makes everyone comfortable at the same time about embracing classical music, embracing embracing black people in classical music, embracing black people yep. and that was his first step out of the gate was a fucking ted talk <laughs> yeah we have fun we have fun so you guys do that's what i was about to say i'm about to uh, yeah, play it. That after this. yeah, yeah. Hold on. i'm gonna play a snippy i'll play a little snippy because <laughs> i like playing snippy no snippets <laughs> yeah and that's the strange thing is I, I love public speaking, but I hate watching myself on video or TV. It's just what I was I'm like, but but it's whatever. Like you cringe. That's on you. I want to do a TED talk. I hate my voice. I hate my voice after this. They're fine. They're fine. They go Megan. Hey, Megan. Hey, Megan. What up, Megan? I tell everybody all the time I'm gonna do a TED talk one day. So that's do just it. Dope. Yeah. Oh Lord. So, I don't that's know the process. I'm not, I got I gotta figure out the process to get on there, but yeah. That's on my list of things to do too. You gotta look for when they come to your city, I believe, or something like that. 
They do one every year here in Indianapolis. Uh, okay, now, do they? <laughs> they do. And matter of fact, yeah, we'll talk. I think I still remember the guy who's over there. So, okay, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So welcome to a community. We networking and shit. And I'm going to give you guys a we do. That's how we do. And do. It's the pipeline. And do. I am gonna um I have to take my leave. I pod this has been absolutely wonderful. We no, we have yeah, a long day tomorrow. Uh got some family stuff that we you know, I have to deal with. Yay. Separate part of Joshua's family, but Nick, my you know, part of my family. We have to deal with tomorrow and um yes. handle that. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Hello, Thank you for being here, showing up. Like all of all of you sharing your dopeness with our audience. Thank you. So I just much. got a new follower in me. How how can we reach you? Uh, you know, yes. uh, Facebook, Instagram. So Premium Blend Indie okay. on Facebook, Instagram, um, at Blend Indie on Twitter. And if you know me, know me. Then she'll give me my, give y'all my personal. <laughs> I give it to him. I give it to him. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, idiot. Yeah. We're, we're around. We play. Yes. I've got a weekly gig at Parlor Public House in downtown Indianapolis, six hundred East Ohio. Thursday. Yep. So it's free, and it's half price bottle of wine every Thursday. We play from eight to ten. Just come through and check it out. It's a great vibe. You speak my language. You said <laughs> right. yeah, I heard your right. no show up. I do. You should be perfect for stepping out. Oh my, if I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, you gonna have to come down so we can go. So oh, one Thursday man. you can go. Pablo, I'm gonna have to miss a show on a Thursday so I can pull up at Parlor House, public Parlor House. Or just <laughs> I might miss one too. And then air it on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> <laughs> he said I'm gonna have to miss one. Too. Yeah, long as I can play it. Okay, cool. All right, fine. <laughs> but thank you so much, Jared. Uh, We're going to give everybody this clip of Joshua doing his thing on the TED Talk. Okay. And again, we'll be about this thing. Love you, Josh. You get on my nerves. Love y'all. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Yes, we ain't gonna be too much. We finna get this little clip. This clip of Joshua. It wouldn't be right to play if y'all didn't. It sure wouldn't. It would not. (laughs) Here we go. Get you on here. My name is Joshua Thompson, and I played piano for about 33 years at this point. And in that period of time, I had so many opportunities to witness and be a part of and participate in some amazing concerts at some well-renowned uh, symphony centers across the country, including here in Indianapolis at the historic Hilbert Circle Theater. But also in that time, I've received countless scores and manuscripts to learn and pour over and learn and practice and to eventually perfect and perform, written by some of the classical greats known as you know Bach and Beethoven and Mozart and Chopin and Debussy and Ravel. And every time as I was growing up, I would receive a new piece of music or I would look at an orchestra program or I'd look to my right and look to my left at my colleagues. I always had this burning question of where are we? 
And by me, or by we, I wanted to say, where are the faces and the people of African descent in this canon that we know of classical music? Because at a very young age, to me, it seemed highly unlikely and even more implausible that there would be no or very few contributions and representatives from people of African descent to this great canon of music that we rightly or wrongly ascribe and assume that there's this elevated degree of sophistication and refinement. So as I continued to study and hone my craft in middle school and then in high school and eventually made my way to college, that question still persisted because while it wasn't absolutely required for me, it was very important for me to see myself and our extension of myself on stage or on paper so I could fully actualize, realize, and be my true self. So for me, it was a question of more than just identity politics. And I thought, well, if we know the names of, you know, Tchaikovsky and, and Gershwin and, and Schumann and Bartok, where are we in this field? So it started a couple years ago with a very simple search with our good friend Google. And I said, okay, composers of African descent and click. What I found out was what I knew all along that yes, it was implausible and it was impossible to think that we don't have representation because what I saw was a vast array and a huge catalog full of the repertoire of people who look like me from African descent. But it wasn't just the music that I could tap into. I saw names, I saw faces, I had dates, I had histories, I had biographies, I had something else I could tap into beyond the music to really make the genre that I've loved my entire life even more personal. And I said, if you've spent the last 25 years playing the European masterworks, what you're going to do is spend the next 25 years explaining and learning and telling about the works of uh, William Grant Still and Florence Price, Margaret Bonds and Samuel Coolidge Taylor, Chevalier de St. George, Robert Nathaniel Dead, and so many other words and other composers who've contributed to this. Because when we move beyond identity politics and understand why they've been excluded, it's a, a brief understanding of global and U.S. history that's based on exclusion and erasure for the simple fact of making uh, stratifications and hierarchies that are just based on what we look like to either ascribe value or to take it away from you for no other reason. You better There's talk to talk, Joshua. About this you music, better tell these music people. Words that has an ability to express the human condition, to relate to other people, and allows us to really create and envision the world that we want. And so that's why I exclusively program the masterworks from composers of African descent, because it gives us another opportunity. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I got to yeah. stop. Okay, I gotta stop. Y'all go watch it. <laughs> I'm gonna finish it when I'm <laughs> done. Okay. You hear me? Listen. Welcome to Listen. church. <laughs> and do okay. Pass, pass the tray around that side. That's that. Right on. Pass the tray around on that side. Yes. Because yes. yes. At that point, I'm invested. Like what? Right. <laughs> They didn't even know what was about to hit them. They're like, oh. You know, that was a, a really, a really fun experience. Uh, and and the craziest thing, I almost didn't do it, um, mm -hmm. because it it didn't pay. I was mm -hmm. like, very early on, I was just like, well, but but but. And I had to stop and think. But I was like, nigga, this is a TED talk. <laughs> How many gigs you about to get if you bang this out of control? Like, this is one that you totally can and should do for the exposure because exposure is absolutely right. So I, I think that's always something I always try to remind myself is like, we're not out here chasing money. It's like, it's, I would say it's purpose over profit for me. Mm -hmm. You know, the money is important, but I'm like, if that was a perfectly aligned opportunity and, I, and I'm just glad that I 
got over myself for a minute so I'd actually do it for the for the right reasons. And it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. How hard was it to stay in that little red circle? A, a little bit because I didn't have my shoes on and it was real slippery. It was that, you know, thick shag kind oh, of way. Yeah. So I knew if I slipped too much, I'd be doing like cartoon style <laughs> tumbles. On. They would have been talking about something else. Absolutely. Ted would have been talking about something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. yeah, that one was fun. And... Shout out to Lance for the shirt. I recognized it immediately. I love the shirt. I actually have that one as well. I live in that and shirt. I live listen, in that absolutely amazing. Yeah, that's um, one of my favorites. Pete's. It was. Uh, of he does, I forgot what it's called, but check out Lance Park. I don't even know if that's his name no more on Facebook, but check him out. He has yeah, amazing yeah. art. He's an amazing artist. Um, but just overall. Knowing you guys, watching you guys, and paying attention to everything that you all have done since I've known you and just seeing you flourish and grow in all of the different ways, community-based, uh, professional as artists and all of that kind of stuff. I am so grateful that I get to experience you all and all of your amazingness and dopeness and and in your vulnerabilities as well, you know, because sometimes that's hard to see black men do is to actually put their vulnerabilities out here for the world to see. And I'm grateful that you guys don't. I mean, even I'm sure you guys go through so much more behind the scenes, but what you allow the world to see, I want to say thank you for allowing us mm -hmm. in your space in that way. So mm -hmm. I am very grateful. And I mean, I guess I'll let them, you know, find y'all. Come on. Well, thanks for well. sharing your platform. Because uh, when you asked, I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. We we will do this." Because I mean, you and I talked before your podcast was even a thing, right? This was a thing. All yes. things to, to this, and uh, so yeah, thank you for sharing that platform and getting to know everyone. Because this has been, a, I'm like, we could have done this in my house. This was fun. Yeah. And for real, okay. <laughs> and I, I can't like, wait till we start doing them live. <laughs> the, um, I, I'm very appreciative um, and grateful for the for the affirmation and the validation there. Right, um, that is very important, especially around support systems and all that. It, it's mm -hmm. it feels good to be encouraged, and so I I give that encouragement and that support back to uh, to each and every one of you as well because it is so. So important and much appreciated. So, so yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely oh, make, new fan. Making sure. Listen, I'm gonna be like, okay, so what was the orchestra name again? I'm gonna go back and watch this episode so I can start writing stuff down. I got a whole list. I got a whole Listen. list over there. So, um, oh yeah, yeah. This is this has yeah. been fun, and thanks for letting us just be regular old people. I absolutely. Yes. I mean, What'd you say? You guys are hilarious. Okay? We, girl, we ain't got no sense. We play the part well. And that's the best thing. <laughs> yes. So we love reggae. We love people. We want everybody to come on here. Like, that's why I always say, like, this is conversational. This ain't. Yeah. You're not on here with Barbara Walters or Oprah or Gail oh, Ass. Like, yeah. you're not on here with none of them. <laughs> like, we are, we are here to just meet you where you and are. And I don't even know. I don't really feel like I rock with Oprah anymore. I don't feel like I don't know her. She done turned into somebody that I don't even recognize Oprah. That's mm. All that money turned you into Nopra. So I don't. <laughs> no. Bruh. <laughs> ain't arguing, you're right. Okay. Bring you back for that show. 
Bring me back for that oh, show. Listen. <laughs> he said, I'm ready. I'm ready to tell my story. <laughs> yes. Yes. Stuff around me. <laughs> Josh, tell the people how they can find you on social media and all of that good stuff. Y'all, I'm going to put the TED Talk link in the comment section so you guys can make sure you go back and watch it because he was going to church on our ass. Then. No, straight up. And. And there's cool and at the end of it. But if you want to follow me um, on on Instagram, it's all one word. It's Sock Joplin. So S-O-C-K-J-O-P-L-I-N. Uh, you know, and I curate my my social media. Just it, it almost is almost always strictly business. So it's usually research things, but it's music or other folks who are doing stuff. That's why I figured out how to keep my nose clean because left to my own devices, I'm uh, I'm real slick at the mouth and real petty. And nothing ruins your career faster than being slick at the mouth and petty. So uh, I like you for a reason. Don't mean I don't. Every now and then I just pick my spots. So you know, that's I'll hop on your shit and that crazy. I don't do that. On my yes. <laughs> Come on, okay. Because <laughs> we allow that over here. Okay. Come on. Good, good, good. Come on over here in your socks. Come on over here in your socks. But you are dope, man. Thank you. This has been a thank fun you. evening. This is a, a very good way to spend a, a Tuesday night. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And make sure y'all check them both out. Check out Jared with Premium Blend. It's Premium Blend Indie if you go look on other places and Blend Indie on Twitter. Make sure you go check out the Sock Joplin. And, you know, if y'all go see him somewhere, bring him some quality socks. Don't get them ones from Dollar Tree. Okay, I'll be grateful either way, but I mean, I've seen it's not hitting, it's not hitting. So, put a little more penny behind the thought, you know, put some more coins behind the thought. Okay, don't come with no jersey socks. Okay, don't come with no after a couple of paid rehearsals. I'll be able to bring some socks. That's all I'm saying. That's it. Right. Don't come, don't come with the gold toe socks. You know, right. it's yeah. creative I'll, and fun. Spoon, so we'll see your rehearsal. Yes. <laughs> don't show right. up with them damn um measuring spoons, Pablo. Oh. Hey, you, 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 don't, you, hey, you don't know what this hey the sound different. Yeah, you gotta come variation. You didn't even know though. Okay. Until they said teaspoon or tablespoon. Right. You ain't even know. Your whole choice was a spork. So and, and you didn't even buy the spork. You got it from the Chinese restaurant. So First of all, my Chinese people don't give me forks. They give me a fork. Thank you very much. Oh. <laughs> oh, so you were just gonna go jack them for a couple of plastic spoons. Okay, hey. but either way, either way. <laughs> We gonna make sure Pablo show up to rehearsal. Right, rehearsals. Hey, we've <laughs> we've been to get up out of here, y'all. Make sure you like, share, follow, and subscribe to the Fat Girl Chronicles YouTube channel, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, PGC Podcast on Twitter and TikTok. You can find us anywhere. You can Google us. We are Googleable. Okay. The Fat Girl Chronicles, P-H-A-T. Make sure you check us out. If you are available, uh, July 15th, yes. The Black Podcasters Association has their second annual summer social. 
you can add your swag to the bag or you can become a sponsor or a vendor for the event they have music food and drinks and special guests that will be there so make sure you are in the place to be july 15th also if you're and this is in new york but if you're not in new york and you are in the baltimore area that guy down there that plays the spoons has an event popping i also tell the people about your event as well i thought i had the flyer i forgot to upload it my bad oh, yeah no problem uh yeah july 15th uh at uh sarkarrigan studios me and my best friend who happens to be named best friend we're gonna have a live show um i'm gonna do spoons he's gonna play you know the washer we're gonna get it busy out there but um <laughs> uh, we have a uh podcast called the toxicology report um we do it every uh Saturday drops every Saturday. Um, but yeah, we're gonna do battle of the sexes, you know, we're gonna put a whole bunch of people against each other, have a whole bunch of arguments. We're gonna have a town hall discussion as well, you know. So get the fellas knowing what the ladies like, get the ladies know what the fellas like, you know. Hopefully the after party will be more than two people there. Um, but we'll see. You know, because <laughs> you know, people getting their feelings and they know they ain't gonna want to stay around, so we'll, we'll find out. But, yeah, but July 15th, uh, from seven to nine. If you hear uh, tickets on Eventbrite, check us out. Tickets on Eventbrite. <laughs> got it. Here she go. Here she go. Lord, who did gave her time? You wait. You wait until the last episode. <laughs> At least I did it. Okay. And look, my glasses. The information. Yes. Here's the information for the toxicology report uh, event. <laughs> it is at SMG Studios. Make sure y'all check them out in Baltimore. Not Baltimore, y'all. Remember, no oh. T. It's D. Baltimore. That's right, Baltimore. Right? Ain't no T in that word. Baltimore. <laughs> Two shoe paraphernalia. What it do? On the avenue. But... <laughs> We're going to get up out of this thing. Make sure y'all check us out. We will. This is our last show of the month. We are going on a break, okay? We need a break to regroup, refresh, renew, and bring y'all some dope content. We coming back on what? My birthday. August 1st, we coming back. My birthday. We're going to bring y'all some amazing content. But in the meantime, in between time, make sure y'all go check us out on YouTube. Follow the Facebook page. Follow the Instagram. Subscribe all those kind of things and come check us out make sure you leave us some comments or email us if there is something that you want us to talk about or if you want to be a guest on our next season when we come back we are going into year three to be year three that we've been doing this consistently y'all i've been out here in these streets for a while in these podcasting blogging streets for a while i've been doing this for 12 years now but this is the most consistent that i've done this but even in things that you do consistently you need to take a break to refresh and to come back and even harder so we coming back in august make sure y'all follow us uh and go check out pgc after dark you know because everybody on break everybody i just sent everybody home we didn't close down the, the shop Okay, and I'm gonna so be back with a fresh bottle of wine, baby. We'll be back. Okay, Fre- I'll be back with a fresh fade and a new design on the side. All right, I'm gonna have a Pablo new wig. Will come back with another wig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you already and know. Pop Pop will be back also with his shenanigans. 
when we come back August 1st. All right, y'all. We love y'all. And y'all know what I say. Whatever you do for the rest of the evening and the rest of the week and up until we come back. Don't do it with your half ass. Do it with your whole ass, y'all. All right. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. We thank y'all for tuning in. Catch us in August. We love y'all. Peace. And we out. Not your half ass.